Oh, how's it going? Yeah. How's the drive? Uh, good. I'm like 1,200 miles into a 1,400 mile drive. So Ugh. hopefully, ho- hopefully, I'm coherent enough to say whatever it is you want me to say here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine, bro. I'm kind of the same page. It was a hot day out. I'm a little bit spacey, so we'll ha- we'll hammer through it. Yep. So I'm going to be honest with you right off the bat. I didn't do any research into emotional intelligence. <laughs> it just sounded interesting. And yeah, I mean, I I, I think um, I, I started reading uh, or listening to a book yesterday as I was driving. And then um, and then I stopped uh, for whatever reason. But um, what I got out of it, essentially, it's it's kind of like the art of thinking about stuff. It's essentially being able to um, control your impulsive emotions where you kind of take advantage of a situation to look at the long-term consequences of what you're about to do rather than being impulsive and and just kind of like going with the anger or whatever emotion you have at the top of your mind. So I think that's the emotional intelligence. Okay. Basically, is being able to control your emotions uh, in any given situation so that you know you're acting intelligently with long-term benefits in mind. You said this was like your jam. I was wondering, is it like, uh, like, do you research more like your own emotional intelligence or how to understand others, or like, is it like a psychology thing where you kind of learn how to deal with other people's either lack of or, you know, understanding of emotions from other people, I guess is the right way to put it. Yeah. Um, it's more like being able to think about stuff in the proper light and not, okay. not going with like the immediate emotion that comes to mind. Cause like, you know, if you think of, you know, like a random situation where even like your waiter situation, right. I think you used, um, uh, you, you told me that you were uh, waiting table a while, a while back. So, yeah. like in a situation like that, you know, some shit happens and, you know, the, the, the person sitting at the table is unhappy with the food that they get served. And you're obviously not the guy preparing the food, but you're the right. guy I'm... hearing about the problem. So, oh, in situations like mind. that, yeah, so in situations like that, being able to have some emotional intelligence is like finding a solution that may or may not coincide with how you're feeling at the moment, you know, because you might be feeling hurt or angry or defensive or something else because like you're basically hearing this customer like swear to you like what the fuck happened to my food and you're like you know i'm not the one who made it fuck you (laughs) yeah dude and that's one thing about emotional intelligence i think is so important um brainstorming on it before i called you was like emotions like change so quickly and so do like you know you could be mad and 10 minutes later something can happen you can be excited so if you always react off of emotions, you're going to be like a roller coaster. There's going to be like no solid base, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then I think you have to be able to realize what's happening and, uh, you know, having enough uh, sort of discipline to be able to not blurt the first thing out that comes to your mind, which is probably <laughs> like dismay or anger or some shit like that, you know? Right. Um, 
Now, a, a, a lot of it obviously depends on your temperament as well, because, you know, some people feel less emotion, some people feel more emotion, some people are more kind of like level-headed, some people are more like hot-headed. So, you know, obviously, it's not an equal job across all people to be able to emotionally uh, or, or be um, uh, emotionally intelligent. You know, some people obviously have to do a harder job controlling their emotion if they have a temperament to be more emotional in situations, right? Versus yeah. like other people. But it, but I think the outcome is the same. Do you think like, uh, do you think emotional intelligence is stronger in females or males? Or do you think it's a balance? Like it's a, it's a, do you, I guess what I'm going to, I guess I was trying to softly lean into this, but I'm just going to be straight up. It seems like females are more emotional than males, like in general. And um, yeah. So that would lead me to believe that with emotional intelligence, females react emotionally a lot to things. Correct. Now, so, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And um, statistically, I don't know how much, uh, on average, women are more emotional than men. But if you take that to an extreme, women are definitely more emotional than men, right? In, in um, my opinion, yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, that has to do, if you're talking about the big five personality uh, metrics, that, that has to do with a personality metric called um, uh, negative emotion uh, or um, the fuck's the name of that thing? No, no, it'll come to me. But essentially, it's, it's, a, it's, a, ne- it's a proclivity to to feel more negative emotion. And that stems from uh, women are generally more agreeable. Agreeableness, that's that, that's the name. So women are generally more agreeable than men. Um, and that has to do with just like biology because um, in order for them to take care of children, they have to make sure that they have enough compassion not to fucking kill the baby when it's screaming, right? Where the okay. men can walk away, women have to take care of the children biologically. So they're just oh, more sure. prone biologically to, to have more, you know, more of that personality trait. That's why they're more emotional. Dude, that's wild. That's a good, like, I love it when, like, things connect back to, like, just humanistic nature, you know? Like, uh, <clears throat> it's a good point. Like, guys are usually more of like, you know, and, and I'm talking like kind of old school, but guys are more like the workers getting through the day, you know, homestead. And then females are more like caretakers. And, All right. Yeah, traditionally, you know, tradition, these days yeah. it's like, it's mixed, but it's still traditionally wise. And biologically that's, that's the case. Cause it's like, you know, women bear the, bear children, obviously. So then they're the ones taking care of children biologically and, Therefore, they have to contain biologically the type of uh, personality traits that has to do with taking care of children. And that makes, uh, making, that makes it so yeah, interesting. Makes, yeah, it's um, absolutely. So most that's people, where it comes from. Most people don't think past their nose these days. You know, what's in front of them is all that they see. People forget about, like, you know, like, uh, like male and female brain circuitry just works differently you know and that's why i was wondering how deep you you have 
dove into this um this particular subject because I remember you know all sorts of like books back in the day. What are they? I can't think of them right off the top of my head. But basically, psychology books, almost like men, women are from Mars. What is it? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, like that type of book, that type of style. And it, that's what it makes me think of is like how men, you know, men can obviously be emotional and they're not completely emotionless. But when, like you said, traditionally, and we can go like back in the day, if men were hunters and gatherers, a little bit more rugged, a little bit more uh, like single, not single goal oriented, but like a uh, single uh, objective, like oriented. Whereas females were more, you know, I mean, I guess we keep saying the same thing, but, you know, caretaking. They're more feeding, preparing, getting everything ready, uh, comforting. When a baby cries, a lot of times it wants its mom. I think that's pretty cool to, like, see that you know, emotional intelligence kind of come from, you know, or t- link it back to those times. You can tell I'm struggling here. It's been a long, hot day. But um, that's my train of thought. <laughs> Uh, it's all good. Uh, what I was saying is that um, the trait is called uh, neuroticism. It's not agreeableness. Neuroticism is like proclivity to feel negative emotions more. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And why do you think people prefer to feel negative emotions? I don't think it's a preference. I think it has to do with just... Uh, You're just kind of stuck in the loop? Or like... It's Correct. Like you... Okay. Yeah, you just you know so, some some shit just feels worse to some people than to others. You know, it's like you know some people are, are temperamentally more prone to negative emotions like depression, um, overthinking, anxiety, you know things like that. And other people are not. So it's like for me, I'm I'm not that. Like I'm pretty high and or pretty low in in neuroticism. Um, People I, you know, some people I know are high in, in neuroticism. So, like, when I feel, you know, or I take things just kind of normally, they take things as, like, way worse than they appear to me. And it's just, like, a part of their temperament. Okay. So, feeding off of that, you think it's more like they actually feel, like, they actually feel tougher? Like, they actually feel it harder? Certain situations, like negativity or, like, struggle? rather than like they just kind of get mentally stuck on it and react to it more does that make sense like do they actually feel it more or do they mentally allow themselves to like hang on it more i think they i think they definitely feel it more but i think they also allow themselves to take possession of them but i think a lot of it is also you know environmentally learned you know maybe have gone through experience or maybe it's cultural or they grew up in the family you know paid attention to those things or you know maybe like the mom or dad you know had had same levels of neuroticism and it kind of got taught you know to them as children you know because they basically yeah. had to like watch because they have to like watch their actions you know as they were acting in the family because like maybe their, their their parents were like more more prone to noticing some forms of behavior so it's like as a child the shit got learned uh, we're like, all right, if I say this, I'll be punished. But if I say that, I won't be, you know, so it's like it's, it's, it's both biological and environmental. Yeah, my guess would be like it's environmentally learned as well. I wonder that. I mean, we were interesting. We were talking um, 
I forgot who I was talking to, but just recently we were having a conversation. It was like three of us and we were talking about adoption. Uh-huh. And, um, in the conversation, one of the people we're, or um, the guy in the conversation was telling us that he has a friend, really good people. And they've adopted three kids from the same uh-huh. family and uh-huh. they raised them, you know, like put them in school, stayed on their grades, taught them, you know, raised them young. Every single one of these kids ended up being like either uh, a murderer or in and out of prison or like violent. And it was interesting because we're talking about, did that come from like their roots, like their DNA from like their biological parents? Or was yeah, that like an error, an error on the, uh, you know, like maybe they held resentment for what happened and there's something that like the adopted family couldn't do for them. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, for sure. So it I might... do think that some things, yeah, it, it's, I wonder if some things are like, uh, like biologically embedded, like in your DNA and your blood. Yeah, that's something you're born with. You can take a test, um, out there. I, I think it's like, a. it's either a free test or, you know, some tests are, are paid, but, um, you answer like a bunch of questions and they take the answers you provide and they kind of put together a psychological profile of your big five personality. And I think it's um, agreeableness, neuroticism, uh, conscientiousness, which, which relates to, um, uh, you know, how, how you feel towards like hard work, for example. Um, okay. There's openness, like that's openness to new experience. And then there's something else I forgot the fifth one but it's essentially like five attributes that make up your total personality so oh intelligence and then so intelligence is a pretty static attribute it doesn't move like no matter what you do and how much you train it like it's very difficult to move your iq so if you're born essentially with like low iq you know you're fucked if you're born with high iq you're gonna do great so even if you study your ass off yeah, it means There's nothing. So it might, you it, it, correct. You might you might improve um, your ability in that specific area that you study, but it's kind of your general intelligence and ability to uh, complete um, like complex tasks do with you know IQ. Then you won't be able to move it at all. You know, people with low IQ obviously aren't even wanted in the army if you score below a certain IQ level. And, you know, army is pretty fucking hungry for people. It's like they basically decided they've basically decided that if you're below a certain IQ, there's really nothing that you can do that will make yourself valuable to the army. Because huh. it's just it's <laughs> like shit, just so complex, you won't be able to complete like complex enough tasks that will make you valuable. You know? Yeah. Did you have, did you listen to um, the dichotomy of leadership by Jocko? Uh, no, I did not. Actually. Is that where it's from? Yeah, he ha- he has a part in that book where he talks about a uh, a seal that he had, that was a very hardworking dude, um, really wanted it, tough as nails, and basically they go on like uh, you know how they do like live fire drills, and the guy couldn't hand- handle like high intensity situations. He'd always make a mistake, or he wouldn't make like a, a good call. And yep. as hard as he worked, and as as good of, as like perfect as every attribute was to be a seal. He just like they just had to let him go and basically say like this is not for you, 
and he yep. was talking about how hard it was to break it to the guy because he knew that's all the guy wanted, and the guy just like, ha- like couldn't couldn't do it. Couldn't do it, and part of the chapter was basically about like when to fire, you know, like uh-huh. like how much time do you put into the person before you decide to fire him. But yep. you know, there's just something in him that couldn't understand that, like you know, making calls on the fly and and handling a high intensity situation. Just he was good at everything else, but dangerous to the team. Yeah, absolutely. And so that that's low IQ. So now. While low IQ, you can't do shit about, um, EQ, you can do stuff about. You can basically learn, you know, certain tactics that will make yourself um, kind of more intelligent emotionally when dealing with uh, interpersonal relationships and situations, you know? Yeah. So that that's something you can actually work on. So, like, just, like, almost making it a skill set to learn Correct. how to... I'm hoping that, like, part of this podcast helps me with, like, being able, like, being a better conversationalist, transitionalist, and stuff like that. Like, that's part of part of why I'm so interested in doing this. I hope to become better at, you know, conversation and, and like, open-mindedness. Would that be considered EQ? I would say it's considered EQ, absolutely. It's, it's you know, like I said, EQ, I think, is uh, being able, it's like the art of thinking. It's, it's how to think about stuff, right? I think we talked about thinking about things in previous podcasts, but I, I yeah. think it's kind of like a lost art form. You know, a lot of times people don't even know like what angle to, to, to come at, you know, at a specific situation. Um, and the ability to think about any given situation, especially a social one um, or a complex problem, you know, I think that's EQ. You yeah, know, I might be wrong, but yeah. No, I think you're on to something because, like, even in, in you know, like, c- competition, like, your first competition, you're shitting bricks and you're shaking, <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's people who are able to, like, c- keep competing until they handle it pretty, you know, pretty well. And then there's people who, like, just can never get themselves over that hill worrying about that, like, adrenaline rush and, you know, what if this happens, what if that happens? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, I would say even in, um, you know, like even when it comes to like competition and uh, competence in the skill set, you know, there's like a whole other part of it where even if, let's say, I'm un- uncomfortable or nervous or some other thing, I'll at least try to talk to the guy that I'm about to um, to fight, you know, so that he feels he, I'm not his enemy. You know, I'm going to try to like work that social situation. And, you know, maybe crack a few jokes, you know, yeah. maybe make like some comments so that at least like he's not angry at me, which actually might give me a better edge, you know? Yeah, that's funny. I've seen people do that. I've, I've noticed. Absolutely. There are people who show up to competitions and they'll go straight to the bullpen and start talking to the people they're about to compete against. Yeah, absolutely. Like high, high, high five. Like, hey, man, you know, how long you been training? What you doing? What you up to? Don't fucking kill me. You know, it's like. You you, you kind of like diffuse this nervousness, you know, in the situation because I don't know what how he's feeling feeling, you know, and like I might be feeling nervous, but so he's probably feeling nervous. So I'm gonna try to kind of take this tension out using, you know, this EQ, yeah. or, or perhaps perhaps EQ, you know, to 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 at least create like a more favorable potential outcome for me. Yeah. That's hilarious. I've I've seen that tactic used. <laughs> now I won't think about 
you know, now I'll know what's up. I'm yeah, some, somebody, ought to, somebody ought to test it and try, try to do one competition without doing that and try to do a different competition with it and then see what the outcome would be. Although it wouldn't be a perfect, obviously, experiment, but I think there'll be something there where if you get a better outcome in the competition where you're basically like more social with, with the guys you're about uh, to compete with, um, then obviously it works. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> I always become friends afterwards. <laughs> I'm like, I never really talked to anybody till after the, just the job's I, done. I don't know. I think there's something there where, where you talk to them before. You make friends before. Yeah. Rather I, than make friends after. I can completely see it. And maybe I ought to give it a try. But then again, maybe I'll feel, maybe just introducing myself and, and knowing them, maybe I'll feel bad while rolling. choking him out yeah like maybe i'll have a little bit more of like a, oh he's a good guy like i don't want to squeeze <laughs> you know what i mean like he's not here well, for you don't have, you, i know but you, you you don't have to squeeze hard just fucking squeeze <laughs> <laughs> or yeah he knows what he's getting himself into that's what i'm saying it's it like, kind of be a know. bad friend not to choke him out at that point right absolutely it's like it's it's for his benefit you know what about this emotional intelligence? Like, you ever use it with uh, your significant other or your kids? Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's tough because I think um, my wife is definitely a lot more intelligent emotionally than I am. Oh, wow. Kudos to you. you she must listen to this. <laughs> she's she, like a master at, you know, emotional situations. See, she, I she's, was... she's, she's got a pretty good grasp on kind of articulating her feelings in a way that and you know we've been together for a very long time so a lot of it is learned you know dealing with situations in our marriage but um she's very good at basically taking her initial emotional kind of responses that that come to top of mind mm -hmm. and breaking them down in a way that that makes me understand them even if I don't feel the same emotions in them. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. So she's, she's just like master at it. Yeah, man. That sounds like a, it sounds like you guys work as a team, which is, which is awesome because can't tell you how many relationships, not saying me personally, but how many relationships I've seen or been around where it's like a whole lot of arguing. There's not much like uh, logic or, you know, like logical breaks in it. It's like a whole lot of just like emotions and resentment. And I feel like that's what destroys things over time. I mean, the more you talk, though, the better you get at, at articulating it. You know, a lot of it is, again, just articulating, you know, how you feel. Because feeling something and then kind of having those feelings uh, burst out in some in something that feels like impulsive that's a problem mm -hmm. but then recognizing what those feelings are and then being able to kind of pause and rather than being impulsive articulating them in a way that doesn't assign blame um doesn't put the other person on a defense um doesn't kind of you know create anger just it you talk about how you feel rather than how the other person should feel, you know? Right. <clears throat> That's a good, you know, anyone listening, that 
I feel like that'd be great advice <laughs> right there. That's a key moment. Yeah, you should definitely say you should definitely say how you feel, but be like, "This is what I feel. This is why I feel as such." And and uh, you know, let's let's talk about it. You know, help help me maybe figure the shit out because maybe you know maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm fucking feeling. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, and if you put that out there, I don't think anybody you're talking to is gonna basically take advantage of it. And if they do, you're with the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or what, you know, asking them, you know, what got you to this point or what made you think that way. Right. And, you know, gaining trust, like, well, I didn't mean it that way or it wasn't supposed to come across that way. Can you trust that, you know, I wasn't maliciously acting? I was just struggling getting my point across. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, misunderstanding. I'm a guy. I'm stupid. You know, what the fuck you want from me? Yeah, <laughs> Ask right. me in like 20 years. Maybe, maybe I learned something, you know? <laughs> Because I realized a while ago that, uh, you know, emotions and feelings, they change pretty quickly. So basing things off of that is kind of like shaky, you know. you How many times, you know, and I don't, I don't know how you personally do it, but how many times have you, like, disciplined your kid and you feel bad about it? Like, you almost want to walk time. up to him. And you, you want to walk up to him and apologize, but you're like, if I apologize, then my point ain't going to be clear, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, if you act on your emotions, you discipline them, and then you'd walk up and you'd say, "Oh, I'm sorry," and then they'd be, you know, they know you're broken. They know they got you. You get you're almost like starting back at square one. Yeah, it's it's much easier with older kids because you can at least like talk to them in a way that be like, "Hey, look, that's why I acted as such. I was angry. Um, what's what's a learnable thing out of this? You know, or what what what's a teachable moment here?" Yeah, that's cool, because I'm used to a two-year-old, so. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, dude. It's a lot of resetting. Yeah, I don't remember what it's like to have a two-year-old. What, what, um, what out of all the subjects, and I, I think you mentioned, like, you like to study some psychology books, right? Yep. What got you into emotional intelligence? Huh. What made that stick? You know, I. I don't know if I if I specifically looked into emotional intelligence. Um, I mean, I've heard the term before, and um, I know it's important. But I've always thought about it as just kind of like the art of thinking. It's like how how do you how do you think of a certain situation in a certain way that makes it useful towards whatever outcome you're trying to achieve. You know, like I always try my to tie my actions to like the result that I'm trying to get, right? Mm. Either, either out of a situation or out of a set of situations. Okay. And then you kind of back into emotional intelligence as part of that. Maybe that's the emotional that the definition or, or the action of emotional intelligence. But like I don't I don't think of emotional intelligence per se. It just kind of like it just happens as part of a planned to create a set of actions that achieves a certain outcome. Okay. You kind of have to see where you go. You're, you're, you're trying to figure out where you're going, right? Yeah. Because, like, if, if, if you don't have the end goal in mind, like, what's the point of doing anything? So, like, you kind of have to figure out what, what's the point. And then once you know the point, you kind of map the steps prior that will help you achieve that outcome. And then, then you plan the actions around those steps, and then I, 
I think that's where the emotional intelligence comes in. Yeah, and a little bit. But, it's, but, 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 but all this shit is unconscious, you know, like I'm trying to articulate it, but you're kind of doing that without even like thinking about it. Yeah. I, it's, it's such a complicated subject. It's kind of funny because it ties into so many things like discipline and like, you know, like, like you said before, it takes discipline to do it because if you react right off the bat with your initial, with your initial, you know, feeling, yep, you could be fucking yourself. So if you go at it, like if you have the discipline to reel it in and think things out and then assess the situation, you know, you'll yeah. probably have better outcomes in, in general. Yeah. So I, I think that it, it helps if you start with the goal, right? You need, you need a goal, whether it's a meta goal, you know, in, in your life or, you know, it's a yearly goal or, um, you know, three year target or something like that. I mean, you basically need a goal, like where are you going? And, and I think you start with like the meta goal and what are you trying to achieve in life? And then what are you trying to achieve or like, how are you going to achieve that goal? So you break that up into smaller goals. So it's like, you have a five-year goal and then you have, you know, a one-year plan. And then you break that up, break that one-year plan into like quarterly targets. And then within the quarter, you break that up into like a list of shit I got to do to achieve these like quarterly targets. And then within that list, you're like, all right, how do I get each of those little things um, checked off my list within this quarter, right? And then you take those things and then you basically like map them out how I'm going to do that. I'm going to sit out on the computer. I'm going to ask this person to do something. I'm going to send a set of these emails that will achieve whatever it is that I'm trying to achieve right on this list. Like that's item number one. And then some shit comes up that, perhaps doesn't meet your expectations. Maybe your expectation is like, I'll sit down and I'll like write something for the next 30 minutes. And then like, you know, your baby is crying. So you're fucking aggravated because like the baby is crying. It's like, oh shit, you know, like here's, here goes my plan of writing for 30 minutes because I got to get up and like tend to this baby, you know, and my wife's nowhere to be found. So I'm fucking angry, you know? Yeah. So, but like, <laughs> so, 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 but then you think like, all right, well, Maybe she's busy. Maybe there's something else she's doing. Maybe like, let me deal with this baby. And then let me, let me talk to my wife and maybe she, I'll, I'll have 30 minutes later today. And then like, I'll talk to her so she's aware that I'm like sitting down and writing the shit so that she's around. So I don't have to like get up and take care of the baby. <laughs> and sometimes it just gets the best of you, bro. And you can't do anything about it. Oh yeah, dude. Shit happens all the time. You know, <laughs> fucking driving somewhere and your tire blows out. Like, you know. The unplanned shit comes up all the time. That's like, that's why, like, uh, and a part, like, I'm always trying to design better habits for myself and kind of research and take on, like, just slowly, gradually, like, you know, making things better for myself. And one of the recent things I've been doing is, like, trying to write down one to three things a day that I appreciate at the end of the day yeah. because I'm hoping that it puts me in a mindset to keep looking for things that I appreciate. So then like when situations like that happen, like, Oh, I blew my tire out. Well, you know, at least it's sunny out or, you know, Oh, I blew my tire. Well, you know, 
just trying to find a positive. It's not always easy. Like, you know, blowing a tire yeah. sucks. It's really going to be hard to, to find a positive out of it. But, like, just, like, I want to get the habit of thinking gratitude. of gratitude, yes, and a positive before a negative, which kind of feeds into what you were saying earlier, which is kind of why I was interested in whether or not you think that it's, like, a a beatable trait, a learned trait, or, like, something that you're, you're fucked with, you know? Yeah, for sure. Dude, gratitude is a fucking underrated thing. It's like, it's a big deal. Um, you know, shit could, could be way worse. You know, but let's put it that way. So maybe shit isn't as, as you expect, but it could be way worse. So I think having some gratitude for the fact that, you know, you're around and maybe not, not as fucked up as, as you could be um, is, is something worth uh, being thankful for. Yeah. And, you know, and it kind of helps my mind being a grand scheme of things. Like, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of my job right now. It's no secret. Like I go in, it's like stressful as shit. I'm like, uh, and this is like, I said the first time I've worked like at nine, actually it's technically an eight to five every day in a long time for somebody else. And there's always, I'm like in the weeds the minute I walk in the door basically all day until it's over. But like, I'm doing this mental exercise to get myself through the day of like, well, you know, what are the positives? Like, you know, forcing me to be on a routine because I have to yep. be somewhere. It's, you know, it's a consistent paycheck. I know what I'm getting. You're, you're learning something new, you know, I'm learning something new. I've got a, you know, a multi-million dollar company to learn things from. So well, you have some degree of flexibility where you can come in for day classes at least, you know, once in a while. I mean, oh, yeah. There's, there's like, you, you, you can start looking for these little kind of positive things in everything you do. It's oh, like... Bro, I sneak over there. Like, I, luckily, it is five minutes. <laughs> it's it's like, I think, three to five minutes to get to the gym. So There you go. See, it's close, right? It's in proximity to the gym. So yeah. it's like, there's definitely benefits. You know, again, it's not it's not your own business. But I'm sure even within that, there'll be like enough problems where sometimes you wish you had a fucking steady job and go to, you know, go home at five and not think about the shit. You know? Oh, I did it all the time when I had my businesses. Like I, I all the time I'd be like, why, why don't I just show up, like clock in, ring people up and leave? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why do I have to get random texts and random people reaching out to me till like nine thirty, ten o'clock some nights? You know what I mean? Like. You always got to stay yep. hungry. You you can't like just like coast. You always got to keep like mining your sources. And then sometimes it'd be yeah. like, God, it'd just be nice to clock in, work, and then clock out and just be like, yep, the rest is up to you, boss. <laughs> but, you know, it's a good lesson because it, it, it's, it's proving to me that like I want to run my own shit, you know, or run my own schedule at least. And yeah, man. It's further yeah, solid, solidifying, like where I think feel like I truly want to be. Yeah, absolutely, it, absolutely. Again, shit could be worse. It's like, you know, I, I was driving last night, um, listening to this like um, emotional intelligence book, trying to figure out, um, you know, what we're gonna talk about today. And then um, I stopped in Kentucky. My sister lives in Kentucky, um, so she's an army recruiter. And, you know, I got to her house and we're like sitting there and she's telling me about like all the people she's trying to fucking recruit. And she's telling me about some kid who lives like in Bumblefuck, Kentucky, you know, and like 
200 people and it's like a 21 year old and you know he lives with uh his grandparents which is like his grandmother and his step grandfather who doesn't like him and like his dad is in jail for like an eight-year prison sentence for like beating his mom and his mom is a prostitute um (laughs) and and the dude is like he, he was on fentanyl and now he's taking uh uh like four different fucking pharmaceuticals you know one of them is a um like suboxone and some depression medication and um narcan and like a bunch of shit and you know like that's a 21 year old dude it's like it's dude it's like it's fucked up i'm reading this shit you know and i was like jesus fucking christ you know and this kid's trying to like put his life together like trying to go into the army you know realizing like his life is all fucked up but like again even with all that shit could be worse so anyway so i was like she told me that story before i fucking went to sleep and like i can't fucking sleep normally like i'm having like crazy dreams about this bear (laughs) and i like (laughs) and i and i and i I wake up in the morning and like i I turn on the book and about emotional intelligence and i'm like fuck i can't listen to any of this so like i I put on (laughs) jordan peterson's like biblical lecture so fucking all day i'm listening to like Jordan Peterson's biblical lectures just to fucking put myself back together after hearing about this fucking kid, you know? No, no David, you're running from your emotions. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, it's crazy shit. Dude, yeah, I mean, that's that's insane. And I I hope maybe he gets in and it changes his life for the better, maybe. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, it, in, in my mind, goes everywhere, but... Now I'm like flipping, like, how do you feel about like, you know, you got someone like that who's got a fucked up life and kind of wants to get in the army and it's might be somewhat of a gamble, but it might be, you know, what they need. And then on the other hand, you got like programs for prisoners who, you know, to kind of get them back on their feet. Yep. <clears throat> like the screening process for that must be insane. <laughs> like the trust. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think people need second chances. I don't know about third chances. Um, you know, it's um, it's it's a tough gig, man, because it's like, where do you draw the line between um, being naive and, and being helpful, right? Shit, you know, this is kind of fucked up, but we were just having a conversation at work the, uh, the other day about one of the workers there. They have a cousin who's like a druggie. And has already, like, already OD'd on fentanyl, like, twice, but had, like, the Narcan. Twice. And, like, they just keep doing it because they know that they'll get that, you know, it's almost like a lifeline. And it's kind of like, well, you know, you might not always get so lucky, first of all. And second of all, you're using, like, valuable resources, and it's expensive as fuck. So it's yep. like, at what point do you just keep letting this person like hit this lifeline, or like? Well, you know what I mean? yeah, I, I I would say, don't help people that don't come to you for help, and I don't know yeah. if they do come for help or not, or that guy is coming for help or not. But like, don't volunteer yourself to help somebody who's not looking for help. Yeah, that's, that's a gen- that's a generally good rule. That's a solid rule. Because it's because it's yeah. easier to bring it's re- easier for them to bring you down than for you to bring them up. Yeah, and just and sometimes it's an overreach. Yep. Just... Well, you, then you, 
they don't need help. They're fine. Just because you feel bad about them doesn't mean you can do anything. Yeah. And, you know, they might be stuck in, like, the loop, like we were talking about earlier. The uh, What did you call it? The, the negative? Like, one of the negative, like, constant negative loops. What, what oh, like it? a feedback is that, loop? Is that the term you used earlier? That people are stuck on uh, negative feelings and... Oh, um, neuroticism. Yeah. 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 Neuroticism is just uh, um, sensitivity to negative emotions. That's what that reversed it. Sensitivity to negative emotions. Yeah. Um, You're you're just more sensitive to negative emotions. Now, switch it up on you. I got another subject I was, I thought you'd probably be good to talk about. And we're kind of late to the party on this one, but it's still relevant. Um, I'm sure you've seen the video and I don't know if it's just viral because of like, you know, my feed or if it's an actual like viral video, but you saw, have you seen the video of the, the jujitsu instructor that was rolling with oh, the yeah. white belt and it broke his neck. So for the people listening, there's a black belt jujitsu instructor. I think he was the owner of the Academy as well. And he was rolling with this, I believe to be white belt. Well, I believe class. had some experience. I think he was a wrestler too, like yeah, an ex-wrestler. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's why I wanted to dive into it because there's so many angles to this. It's kind of like it's kind of like one of them. Uh, I don't know if anyone's necessarily right, but it's interesting to get people's take. Um, so the guy, the, the gist of the story is, and I'm sure we'll we'll drop more details as we discuss it. But the gist of the story is for people listening. Uh, the owner of the academy slash black belt was rest, was rolling with a white belt who, like David said, has a, you know, had a wrestling experience. And this plays into, you know, how everything works out. But he went for this, like, he was on the guy's back. The guy was in a turtled up position, which is basically like a fetal position. All fours on that's the, the shit I play. That's the shit I play all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> that's David's jam. And the instructor... Went for a funky move. It's not an everyday move. It's not like something that you just like anyone just kind of whips out. It's almost like a finesse move. And he basically being on the dude's back, he kicked his feet up in the air and tried to almost like force the person to front flip and roll forward. Yeah, it's and forward roll back take. Forward roll back take. And the white belt's head was stuck on the floor. So he basically rolled his body over and broke his neck. And the guy was a quadriplegic. And I don't know. For a while. I think he's back now. I think he's okay Yeah. I saw pictures of him. I guess he's like goes hiking and stuff. Um, Yep. And I'm not going to. I haven't watched like Henry Gracie's um, like discovery or his uh, testimony. My bad. His like. And I haven't like gotten too close too far into it. But basically, yeah, the guy was a quad for a little bit. Luckily, he's recovered to where he can at least walk from what I've seen. And he sues yep. the school and he just got the um, it was just a settlement for $46 million for suing the, the yep. teacher and the academy. Yep. And then another level to this is, I don't know, should I, should I wait to put Henry in it? Should we discuss it and then put Henry in it? <laughs> we can. Yeah. Okay, first of all, who? how do you feel about that so far? Like the instructor and the guy? The- so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, so far nothing's wrong to me. 
I mean, it's, it's basically, to me, it feels like a freak accident. I mean, right. the, the odds of something like that happening where uh, the instructor rolled in a way that didn't, um, it, it wasn't like a perfect roll. He, he rolled on a side where his head was. He was actually supposed to roll onto the other side, right? Yeah, he did the move improperly. Yeah, he did the move improperly. Uh, but even with improper movement, um, th- the the fact that he cracked his spine and uh, became paralyzed, I mean, how often does that shit happen? I would say fucking almost never. It's it's rare. It happens a lot more it's, with wrestling, but rare. Yeah, it's it's still very rare, rare, even with wrestling. And you know, I play that position. Like, play turtle all the time, and you know, people fucking do all kinds of shit in my turtle. And uh, I think I've been rolled um, uh, across my neck in the past, and that you know, knock on wood, I'm fine still. Uh, but you know, I'm sure the shit happens. Like, I'm not sure I can. I, I don't know if you can blame the instructor, but but I think that's what happened, right? I think the the jury basically awarded the guy money because they claimed that the instructor should have done the move better and it was negligence, which I don't yeah. think it's negligence. I, I, I wouldn't call it negligence. See, and you know, this is like my worst nightmare. Me having neck problems. This is like the, like the scariest thing to me. And professor actually just said the other day, he knows two people. Uh, we were talking about wrestling up and going for single legs and stuff. And he knows two people who have accidentally, you know, went for a single leg wrong. Uh-huh. And and gotten spiked like their head spiked into the floor and are now paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what level, but it happens. Uh-huh. But it's it, it's rare. Um, yeah, that's, I, why, I that's why I pull guard. Yeah, right. I know a lot of people don't wrestle, and I think it was like such a bitch move. But like after years of hearing about injuries and shit like that, you're kind of like, oh. when you get a little bit yeah, older, fuck it I'm pulling guard. you're like, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm pulling guard. No single sorry, legs, man. no double legs. Stand up shit, you know. Especially with I'm bigger still, dudes. Yeah, I, I don't like pulling guard. I'm still ignorant, but <laughs> um, well, professor, well, you're young. So. Yeah, right. I'm still stupid, but um, I kind of have the same outlook. I think it's like a freak accident. Um, I don't know to what degree if that professor was trying, like you know, a finesse move. I'm sure he felt bad right away. I'm sure his intentions weren't to paralyze this guy you know um, right it's yeah i guess we don't know I, I i i guess we don't know that side of the story so it's like if if the dude was being like malicious that's one thing obviously he's liable because you know some people you're all with you can kind of tell they're out to hurt you maybe not intentionally but like in a negligent way you know like sometimes you're all with somebody oh. and you can fucking feel they're trying to win at any cost, right? They're just like they're they're just being a shitty partner. Of course. Uh, like this shit happens all the time, you know. I try to be a good partner when I roll, even if I roll against, you know, like a fucking brand new people or you know, like one stripe white belts. Like even if I feel I can take somebody, I'm still trying to be a fucking good partner. And I'm not trying to win. I'm trying to learn. Even in an open mat, you know, I'm trying to work shit out. I'm trying to like you know work some moves, but in a controlled way. I'll slow it down. Like I won't fucking run through you. Um, but some people do. Um, just don't fucking roll with those people. 
<laughs> yeah, there's people I avoid because I'm like that person's fucking dangerous. Like whether they whether they have the self awareness or not, they're fucking dangerous. Like they'll either go balls the wall out of nowhere or they have like no self awareness as to like you know, this isn't a competition, like this is training. Exactly. Like, you know, if I want to crank it up a hundred percent, like, you know, fucking at least tell me beforehand. Don't like all of a sudden go from zero to a hundred out of you know, but start out at 30 and then switch gears, like to get an advantage. Right. It, but, um, yeah. And interesting, this is where I'm a little bit skeptical because I haven't heard much of the, the coaches, uh, side. I've seen a lot of like the kid and like Henry right. side, but I haven't heard much like about like him or what his argument was or where he came from. Um, watching the video is, he wasn't like very the the trainer wasn't like very like uh, an aggressive move like he kind of kicked no, his no. feet up in the air and and you know went with kind of like it was like a weird finesse move but it wasn't like uh wasn't like the guy just yeah. all of a sudden like got malicious like it kind of seemed like it was just unfortunate like with how the kid's head got stuck and he was pinned. Correct. Correct. And, he he wasn't also bigger than him. It wasn't like he was a two hundred pound guy and the other guy was a like hundred and fifty pounds. That's and it didn't point. feel like he was feel like he was just trying to power through it. It, it just yeah. looked like you know it was like an open mad deal. You know, yeah, he was a black belt. Uh, he should have paid more attention. But like, you know, fucking people don't do shit perfectly, no matter what level it is. You know, like sometimes you don't you don't fucking you, you just roll. You that's know? how you. That's also how you learn stuff too. Is like you you get an idea on the mat and you 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 know this would go to his defense like. Sometimes you have a move, but you don't know exactly how to do it. But you got to start somewhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. It just it, to, like, to me, it, to me, it felt like you know a bunch of shit went wrong, not just him. Like right. the guy's head shouldn't have been there. Maybe he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have sat in the turtle that long. Maybe he shouldn't have rolled in that direction. Maybe they, they shouldn't have fucking you know rolled an open mat at all. If, if that level of uh, uh, of difference between his abilities and the other guy's abilities to me it just looks like a freak accident i, I don't see any like negligence all right and all that being said let's dive a little bit deeper here so henry gracie um one of the most popular gracies in the jiu-jitsu community um you know and and i kind of like what he does like some of his content like the guy he'll I remember the airplane video. I don't know if you remember the airplane video where someone was like, they're trying to get this guy off an airplane. Yeah. And then Henry Gracie, like basically showed how jujitsu would help the person inside of an airplane. Like, you know what I mean? Handle somebody like, yep. it's kind of cool. He'll, he'll take street fights and dissect them. And, you know, and yep. realistically it's all for marketing for his, his academy, you know, like come to my academy, yeah, which, is, here, which is fine. There's no shame on that. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent fine. I mean, that's what that's what his product is. Um, so I guess he testifies for the kid. And Correct. Doing... I I, I, yeah, I think what happened is the defense, or not the defense, the prosecution, which is the kid's side, hired Henner Gracie as an expert witness. <laughs> Three thousand dollars an hour for like forty six hours. So Henner Gracie. Yeah, whatever. Hundred. A hundred thousand dollars, and well, but this he, is where, he named the price, and they fucking paid the price. I don't see a problem with that either. Okay, so because <laughs> there's just so much. There, I don't know. I was like looking into this. I'm like, God, there's so many angles to all this shit. 
so and i'm and you're just like you're just like plugging along here like okay i see it clearly i see it clearly but um the other thing is that and and i'm not gonna say because like i said i haven't watched everything i probably will go down that rabbit hole um but he i'm going off what people said and i'm actually on like a reddit forum right now and like kind of like looking at like some of a lot of people's comments on it. He's getting Henry Grace is getting a lot of shit from the jiu-jitsu community because yep. he testified and doing so he and this is what people are saying he lied and I can I have the subjects pulled up right here and things that he said that like aren't yep. really appropriate. Yep. Um Yeah, I read, I read, I read it and I and I read the background behind it as well and I heard his testimony and I read his um uh, his follow-up uh, videos and um, I kind of researched this to some degree because I was like, "What the fuck happened?" You know. Yeah. Um, you you can play you can you can play multiple angles here. I mean. You, yeah. You can you can make a claim, and again, I think this goes. Let, let's Cause let's break this story. down. <laughs> yeah, let's break let's break this down because you know this is the art of thinking. So, um, I think you can play an angle where you can claim that he took the money, he said some shit that wasn't true. And sold out. Um, he sold out. He's a marketer. He's just this fucking, you know, he's <laughs> like, um, he's only out for his own benefit. You can, you can make that claim. You can also make the, cla- the claim that people that are saying that are perhaps jealous of his success because he's, you know, he's running a business. He's got a big academy. He, yes, he's a marketer, um, but you know, he's he's a fairly likable, articulate guy. You know, so some people in the jiu-jitsu community wish that they could replicate that, but they can't. So you can you can make a claim that you know people are jealous and therefore they're fucking unnecessarily being too, even if some of the shit that he said isn't necessarily lining up. Mm-hmm. See, now. And it, like I said, it all, it all depends on the angle. And uh, for the listener, Spotify, I have like a little, there's a little comment thing below. It says like, what do you think of this episode? And I would love to see what other people have to say. So just type it in and give me your opinion. Um, <laughs> but like there is a genius to it, to the marketing side, because during this like testimony, he made sure to like constantly say like, all right, so first of all, for the listener, he he claims that his his academy is like the industry standard. So there, therefore, not. he is setting the standard for all jiu-jitsu gyms, which is not true at all. I think that's a, that's a lie. But it's funny because he's getting the big voice here and he's bringing people who don't know any better into thinking like, I am jiu-jitsu. Like, I'm the standard of jiu-jitsu. <laughs> and this well, guy isn't... The instructor isn't practicing uh, jiu-jitsu standards. But it's funny because he makes sure to name drop. Like, you know, it's, it's like he didn't give an opportunity from what I've read in, in the captions I've seen. Uh, he didn't give, like, waste an opportunity to be like, oh, I look forward to keeping my brand name here, student safe, you know? Like, yep. he made sure to, you know, insert his brand name as much times as possible and then i think even at the end of the testimony he like plugged his gym <laughs> which is great yeah i mean good 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 for him but i don't know if he's he's definitely not the standard in fact there really is no standard you know you can kind of if you look at 
um, standards across um, all schools or, you know, many different types of schools, there's no standard. I mean, there are commonalities, there are best practices, um, but, but there isn't like a dictated law, you know, in the jiu-jitsu community that says that this is the way the shit has to be implemented and this is the way the student has to be taught. And, you know, because like Gracie Baja doesn't even allow people to roll for like the first three months or first right. six months or some shit, you know, where other academies you show up and as soon as you get that fucking, you know, first few fundamental classes you're rolling and to our credit there is actually a gracie academy like right down the road from us and we we've had students sign up at our gym because of that because they paid money to show up to a gym where they can't even really use the training for a while which right that's a that's a preference thing all on its own like if, if somebody rather go there and you know learn the basics before they go live you know more power yep. to you I, I yeah. don't hold that against anybody, but just the fact that uh, the industry standard and I get, I get it like in court, you got to make a big deal. You got to over dramatize. You don't know where things are going to go. Yep. Um, and his industry standard, again, like we just covered it. I mean, he, he separates beginners from advanced um, classes. So like if you're a white belt, you kind of learn moves and then uh it's like a lot of learning and drilling before you're actually allowed to go live which bobby kind of started implementing that like he he would like because you know there is some truth business-wise to be said like a lot of white belts come in and it's like an ass kicking because this is like a this is a time sport like the more you got to put in your hours to understand so many little intricate things of the sport um, you know, and some people get tired of getting their ass beat over time. So Bobby started implementing like live rolling, but like, uh, uh, why can't I think of it? Um, situational, situational, situational rolling. Yep. You got it. Where you learn the position yep. and you and the guy are going back and forth in position, which I think situational is great. Like you learn how to hold side so control too. at I the agree. same time. The other guy's learning how to get out of side control. It's, it's, it's great. And then you switch. Yep. And which also gives you a good understanding of where you're going and why you're going there. Um, he like, I think, di- didn't he say something like, uh, like you can only do moves on people that like you taught or moves that you taught to people. Like, yeah. I don't know. That, 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 no, I don't know. That's, I think that's what he said. I think you can basically, you're not allowed to throw moves on people that you haven't, uh, taught in class which is like that's the move the instructor didn't teach and yet he's the one implementing the shit on the students so like the student obviously didn't know what the fuck to do with it and therefore he said was in the wrong position it's like eh i don't know man that's a strange statement because like you can show up to open mat uh pretty much at any school at any level so like i've been showing up to open mat as a white belt and I've been shit thrown at me where I didn't know what the fuck was happening. And, you know, that didn't get in the way. Right. In like, fact, in fact, in fact, most of the time, the head professor isn't at open mat. You just kind of show up and you fucking roll with purple belts or blue belts or other white belts who are like also trying to figure shit out. 
You know, and that's the way, and that's the, and that's the way you learn to move. You learn mostly shit in, in practice. And hope somebody helps you. Out, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, like you know, like I, 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 I learned most of the shit like in practice. Like I skipped the whole fundamental section, and I basically just started showing up to like, you know, all all level classes or advanced classes, pretty much at like three or four stripe white belt. And fucking, I, I learned most of the shit because that shit was like, I was in those positions, you know. Somebody had me in side control. Somebody had me in north south. Somebody fucking, you know, had like some weird fucking loop choke on me, and then that's how I learned how to defend it. Not in like fundamentals classes, dude. And so, <laughs> and then the other thing that like that like kind of blew my mind is a whole other angle. Is like, so what the fuck is the waiver do for you? Like, if you have students sign a waiver, and then something happens, what the fuck was the point? Well, waiver is a weird thing because again, a waiver kind of acknowledges the risk of injury. However, it's still it's still dependent on, um, you know, exactly what happened. I think you have to do an investigation. And I think some, some uh, forms of injuries fall outside of the, the waiver. It's kind of like signing a non-disclosure agreement. It's like, you fucking, you know, you want real protection, go patent the product before you talk to somebody. Chances are, if you're talking to somebody about a product idea and you're having them sign an NDA, that NDA can't be fucking held up in court. Because I'm sure some shit somewhere has already been implemented that's similar to yours. It's like if you really want protection, like fucking don't shoot, don't don't do it, you know, or don't talk to anybody until it's either patented or something else. Same shit here. It's like you want you you want to you don't want a risk of injury. Don't fucking come to class, you know. Go sit at home. Yeah. It's like, dude, life life is dangerous. There's no fucking waiver to life, right? No. What about the absolute fucking absurd amount of money, though? Like forty-six million. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, I, but I, I think what I, I think what happened is um, the gym has an insurance policy, and I believe that insurance policy denied any payments. And I think that's why he was forced to sue. So I think that's what happened. Because like the had a whole bunch of bills, and he talked to the owner, and. The owner submitted a claim to his insurance company, and the insurance company basically said, "Like fuck you, we're not paying for anything." Typical. And the insurance is like, and the insurance is like, we don't give a shit. So he's like, "Well, I have no other option but to sue because I gotta get, I, I, I need the money." So I think that's what happened. Man, it's crazy because insurance is usually and, so honest and, and upfront for people. I'm so surprised. Yeah. Now, this, this, the other thing is, I, this forty-six million dollars. I don't think the owner of the gym was paying that money. I think it's insurance. Right. I mean, there's no fucking. I, I can't think of an academy that would have, you know. Maybe yeah. Hundreds, who's who's but, got that money? Yeah, that's a lot of fucking money. I don't know if there's a jiu-jitsu gym that big to even, you know, milk that out of. So I figured yeah. it has to be insurance. Some. What did did you notice anything else interesting that Henner said or like on his testimony? No, no, no I, 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 I think he ended up donating a hundred thousand dollars as again like a marketing ploy. Um, but it's it's kind of honest of him. Like good, good, good job. Like utilizing a, a shitty situation in a way that that, that seems beneficial. Because you know, as soon as he, because he, he, he basically came out, uh, and he said, when that controversy started, he came out and he's like, I got paid. You know, I got hired. I named my price. It was a six-month ordeal. 
they hired me, they paid me a hundred thousand um, dollars. So it's like, it's not like I sold out, like they didn't fucking pay me to basically say some shit. Like I said what I thought was right and I spent my time and that's what I got paid for. It's not like they, they bought my verdict, you know? Which, which is actually a fucking great job on him, like using their shit as, as, as more marketing. I mean, he, he, his yeah, ability to market cause... shit is pretty fucking on top. <laughs> now, yeah, because now he's got now he's got a write off, and he's yep. still got publicity. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I would. I, I would. I wouldn't go after Heather. Like, yeah, I think some people are jealous. I think, uh, like, you know, is he a likable guy? That's questionable, you know. I'm sure he's got an ego that people don't appreciate. He's he's not the most humble person out there, which probably is the reason people don't like him. But he's a great marketer, and like he's a businessman, and I don't see anything wrong that he did, to be honest. Yeah, he came up with the infamous uh, online blue belt program. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, so psyched he, about. <laughs> came up with that. He came out with that uh, quick flip, the uh, sweatshirt. Yeah, right. Did you see, did you see that thing? Uh uh-uh. I heard. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's a sweatshirt that turns inside out and turns into a backpack. A backpack, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, oh no, you know what? I do remember him posting videos of him like demoing it where he's like wearing it yeah, and yeah. Like, flips it out and it's like, Yeah, but what if you got shit in it? How are you gonna <laughs> like Yeah, well he was on Shark Tank too, so he got funded I think on Shark Tank. Dude, what if you're carrying shit in the backpack? And then you got, and then you're cold. You gotta like throw your shit away, and then put the sweater on, or you gotta hold everything. Or does yeah, the sweater have a shit ton of pockets? <laughs> right. I mean, I, I'm sure it doesn't solve a hundred percent of your problems, but it solves some. It's just funny because like a lot of the business books I read are like, you know, you gotta solve problems. If you're making a product, yeah. it's gotta solve a problem. And that to me is just like a, a weird like, you know, why don't you just put a jacket in your backpack? Then you got both. <laughs> you know. Yep. Why don't you just carry a backpack? Yeah. Carry a backpack. One of the things in your backpack is a jacket. Oh, shit. Now you're ahead of the game. Not, but, yeah, I get it. I mean, I can't I can't knock the hustle if somebody's, like, you know, somebody's making yeah. it work. I, at first, I was like, what a douche. Like, I think, like, you know, and I don't necessarily think the guy's, like, that crazy or I'm not, like, that psyched about the dude. But with the information I have seen and heard, um... I think, like, you know, it's kind of like the more I dive into it, the more I laugh about it because it's like, holy shit, that's a shit ton of money. Holy shit, like, Henry got paid a shit ton of money just to show up and say some shit and then act like his gym was industry standard. And then at the end of fucking all of his shit, you know, basically, like, plugged his, his academy. So it was like a giant... Basically, he got paid to advertise his shit. And then now you're yep. saying... He donated the money, which is like, okay, that's great, but it's probably a business write-off, which is great because there's still money going to a great cause, you know? Well, let me ask you this. If you were in his position, would you not do the same thing? Mm. What would you do? I, 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 I don't think I would do it the same way. Like, if, well, if, what would you do? if someone reached out to me and said, come to, my, come to court and testify for me, um, yep. I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't lie. I would, I don't think, I, he, would, I don't know if he lied. He, he kind of embellished, he embellished shit. I don't know if he out, outright lied. I don't know. Cause I truly feel like, you know, 
I would have to. She misrepresented. Misrepresentation, you know, I guess it's, it's, it's almost like lying. And I guess he could have said shit better. Yeah. And I guess it boils down to like, is he selling out? Because he's kind of like a known sellout. And I think, I think it's more getting blown up this big because he kind of comes across and like there are people, like you said, it might be jealousy, but I think some of it could be true. Like some people are concerned that he's selling out jujitsu. Like, and I think that's a concern as well is like people think because Henry comes up with all these weird, like, you know, blue belt online program. And I think, I think the Gracie, actually there's a girl at open mat today. So I know it's true. There's like a Gracie thing where like girls get like different colored stripes on their belts and they represent like, it's almost like like boy scouts. Yeah. This girl had three stripes on her white belt and it was like a, a pink stripe, a blue stripe and something. And, you know, we actually asked her today and she was like, she kind of said, like, you know, girls aren't supposed to roll guys, but we get these stripes um, as, like, a woman's self-defense. The She's like, the pink stands for this. And I just kind of looked away. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm kind of firm. Like, if you're learning self-defense, like, yep. I think it's important that you learn how to roll with a guy. Uh, if you yep. ever have to use self-defense on a guy and you're used to fucking bullshitting with girls, you just wasted your money and a, a year of your time to, like, almost, like, which could be even more dangerous because you might have a false confidence in the wrong things to help yourself. Oh, for sure. So I think, and and I get there's, there's more angles to it to solve that problem. than what I'm saying, it's not like every girl is safe. If like a two, cause you got some fucking idiots out there, like 200 pounds and they're going to go roll with a 110 pound female and, you know, not have zero self-awareness as as to like, they're fucking crushing these girls or, you know what I mean? Yeah. But In general, I'm saying, like, you know, if you're a good instructor and you got a female in your class, put her against, like, a responsible student and let her learn moves and pressures. But anyway, that's just, like, so anyway, it it ties back to, like, I think he's, like, behind coming up with, like, a lot of these gimmicks, which on a business, if you're looking at it as a business standpoint, why not? You know, you're trying to make products. But if you're looking at it as a a traditionalist, like, you know, hobbyist standpoint, you're kind of, like, Bro, you're fucking it up. Like jujitsu is kind of sacred. Like it's like the anti Taekwondo. Like we're, you know, like I know, I know. It's just it's 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 like, is it a product for me? No, you know, like when I go to his academy and fucking get pink stripes, you know, as a, as a cub scout or some shit. No, yeah, um, or you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> does he have customers? Sure, you know. So like. I'm I'm of the mind that I let the free market kind of dictate itself. Like, right. if, 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 yeah, if people if people didn't like his shit, they wouldn't go to him. Obviously, he's got some appeal to some clientele, which is what he's trying to do. Is it is it like traditional jujitsu? You know, one could argue no, but you know, you could you could also argue that some of it is yes because it's still the same moves. It might be presented in a different framework. And he might build different, you know, things outside of the, the traditional jujitsu practices. Is it a sellable product? Sure. Is it jujitsu? It's like, it depends who you ask. Hey, do me a favor, repeat that last phrase because it broke up really bad. And I don't, I don't want you to get too far ahead. Not customers uh, who are asking for his stuff and are willing to pay money. And, you know, who are we to say that he's a shitty businessman? Yeah, I mean, 
either way you look at it, I think he's successfully doing what he's trying to do. <laughs> Pretty much. And then whether it's jujitsu or not, that's a different question. Right. And and I however, to the look, however, to the mass market, obviously it looks like traditional jujitsu because being he's being hired as an expert witness to testify on behalf of a jujitsu gym or you know against a jujitsu gym. Now, you know, if you take a different black belt in jujitsu and you uh, put him against Tanner, I'm pretty fine in jujitsu. So yeah, he's a jujitsu guy, right? He's an expert. Like I would say, it's a jujitsu. Maybe a different framework, but it's still fucking jujitsu. He's still a jujitsu like he's he's still a jujitsu expert, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, that's a good point. I just it's like it's 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 like look, it's like is doctor fucking great doctor? We don't know, but he's got a medical degree. Yeah, right. Doctor Phil too. You know, whatever, man. He's a fucking doctor. It's like, as far as the courts is concerned, like he's a doctor. He's an expert witness. But like, what? What I? What I trust him with my back surgery? Probably not. And and, you know, I guess it boils down to like the basic thought is, the basic thought is, is he a sellout and a douche? <laughs> because you know he kind of embellished things and he went on and promoted the fuck out of his brand. And charges yeah. amount of money, and he's kind of known for like these kind of gimmicky things. So yeah. he, it, it's not like he did this, and this is the only thing, and people are judging him off of it. Oh, I know, there's I know. Like, yeah. There's other things, but so you know, and I want other people's opinions too. But like, is this like him being a douche, or is this dude doing the right thing? And is he being genuine and just making shit ton of money being genuine? <laughs> but. It's it's strange because you know again if you're looking at him as a sellout or you're labeling him as a sellout, it's like then you have to start calling out the other shit happening in the jujitsu community that's fucking unethical or wrong or just fucking fucked up. There's it, it plenty of shit. It, it, this community is just like any other community, you know. So it's like, yeah, yeah he he might be a fucking shitty human being or not very honest on an integrity scale, but like, <laughs> you know, like. If I need to win a case, I'm fucking hiring Heather. And, and you know what? In all honesty, dude, like, and you know me, I've been sitting around for months now trying to figure out how to make money in jiu-jitsu. There's not a lot of ways yet to make money in jiu-jitsu. And, you know, if you're building a business or a brand, you got to know how to scale it somehow. So the fact that he comes up with all these gimmicky type things to, you know, scale yeah. or, you know, you yeah. can't really, you can't really like, that's just what you're supposed to do in business, you know? I know. But, so it's like, again, he's he, 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 in the world of marketing, he's the guy that does infomercials. Think of it that way. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. He's like, hi. He's like a ShamWow like guy. And ju- he's like a ShamWow jujitsu guy, you know? Yeah. Is ShamWow, <laughs> is that the same guy as the Slap Chop? Uh, probably, yeah. It's that fucking you- Vince Shlomi. You remember the fucking guy? He was like, he was fucking popping for a minute, bro. He was actually, he was after the OxyClean guy. And he did like, I think it was like the slap chop. And he's like, you're going to love my nuts. And he like, and then he got like, <laughs> he got busted in like a hotel lobby. Cause he was like fucked up on drugs and he had like hookers and shit. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the guy. Vince, Vince Shlomi is his name. 
<laughs> that guy, man, that's so funny. That's what came to mind as soon as you said that. And I'm like, maybe not yep. to that extreme of a, of a scale, but I could see like Henner, just like his energy and stuff like that. I could see him being on a video like, you want my backpack? That's also a hoodie. Yeah. That also no, I'm telling you, that's exa- that, yeah, there you go. That's exactly fucking right. It's, it's basically in the world of marketing. Um, he's the fucking in- infomercial guy. He's the guy basically in the middle of the night selling you shit you don't need. It's like, is it for me? No, but plenty of people call. <laughs> if you're a girl, your backpack comes in pink or blue, and they represent different <laughs> levels. <laughs> exactly. like, you can't have a normal backpack, but you know, yeah. quick, <laughs> quick, 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 quick flip gee. Yeah, quick flip gee. So you're ready for any situation out there. That's funny. We're like, yeah, it starts turning into no-gi belts. Like, <laughs> you want my no-gi belt program? I'm surprised they haven't come up with anything like that yet. I'm sure it's coming. It's profitable. I don't see why not. Yeah, no-gi's on the up-and-up. That's what he should be concentrating on, how to make how to make some money off of them guys. It's like, what, you take the robes yeah. away and now, now there's no money to be made? <laughs> well, I think the 10th Planet's got a corner on that shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, but I don't think there's any way they could box it. Oh, I guess so, because, you know, Eddie Bravo could always say that he tapped out of Gracie. Yeah, like, right. That's true. That's where he got famous, man. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he's good. Look, that's, that, that system uh, for Nogi is fucking excellent. So what they should have done is the, uh, the defense, the guy who owned the academy, should have went and got Eddie Bravo for his professional testimony. And then it would have yeah, been like yeah. a fucking rematch. They could have put that shit on pay per view. Like, <laughs> I would have watched. Heather that. against Eddie Bravo. Yeah, come back for your family. <laughs> that, that'd be a good good pay per view event. I'd pay for that shit. Like, yeah, Eddie Bravo versus Henner, debating on yep. who's right or wrong, and it'd be even greater because Eddie Bravo is like the conspiracy theorist, so he can make anything work. You know what I mean? I know. That's fine. <laughs> but hey, hey, man, I know you're driving. Um, I gotta get to prepping for tomorrow and stuff. I appreciate the time. and We'll have to get on and run another one back. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if there's uh, any other subjects. I don't want to leave you hanging if you had more to add to the... No, no. That, yeah, that was it. My brain's pretty fried, so I think I'm done for the day. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I will, we'll put some shit together and I'm, I'm sure we can fucking kind of have a sit down and just talk about random shit. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and dude, I, I appreciate all the people that you're uh, plugging me into. I'm definitely going to be hitting them up to do this stuff. I just, oh, yeah. <clears throat> slowly growing, slowly building, and slowly, like, kind of uh, trying to get better at handling strangers. <laughs> like, most of the people I've been talking to, I kind of know, or, like, I know enough uh-huh. about. But when you're, like, throwing me, like, big wigs, like you said, yeah, uh, you know, I don't want to ruin it, but, like, you know, financial advisor and some gym oh, yeah, owners yeah. and stuff like that. I'm like, damn, I got to know what to say to this guy so I don't look stupid. <laughs> I, I, I got an army recruiter if you want to talk to an army recruiter. Hey, man, I mean. I they'll they'll tell you in, in, ins and outs about the army, and I'm sure they're fucking martial arts training and training programs. I'm sure I can come up with some stuff for that, too. Yeah, absolutely. But, hey, man, I appreciate your time. Get back safe. And uh, Are you going to – I'll probably catch up with you this week if you're at the gym this week. Oh, yeah, I'm in tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, awesome. All right, man. Be safe. Thank you. Bye. I think the podcast is fucking sick. If you're listening to it and you're like,
you know, I don't know if I want to listen to the next episode of this podcast. You're probably a bitch ass. You need to listen to the next episode of this podcast to keep listening to it. Um, because my friends down here are trying to make shit happen. And we're going to make some shit happen. 